Valley Ho friends, I am Wolfkins. I am the future DM of Koopo Quest, and I have another player interview for you today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Ace? No. <clears throat> okay, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> no, uh, do you want to uh, just stop? My or? <laughs> no, uh, my name is Ace. Uh, Ace, whatever you want, I don't care. Uh, A-C-E, the big A. Ace, everyone's non-binary faith, whatever you so choose. I like the big A, man. I like that one. That sounds great. <laughs> the big A. Reminds me of like New yeah, York, uh, though, like the Big Apple or something. Yeah, that was my nickname when uh, I was uh, the vice president of the GSA in my school. Okay. So a lot of people, so that was like uh, my nickname because we all got dorky little t-shirts. Uh, you know, as you do as you're a queer youth. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but they gave me the big A because I actually never went by my name because, ironically enough, when I was younger, there was already an ace in our class. Really? <laughs> or he, his nick, except his nickname was Ace. So I went by my middle name, which is Matt and, uh, or Matthew, but, uh, my middle name is Matt, but, uh, I go by, but I go, nowadays I go by Ace unless I'm applying for a job, then I put Matt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I actually go by my middle name unless I'm like applying for a job, and then I put my first name because everybody just expects it, you know. And it gets yeah, annoying because people are like, "What's your real name?" I'm like, "My middle name's still my real name." Like, if I wanted you to call me something else, I would have told you a different name. So just, yeah. It's fr I get, I get it. I get the, I get the struggle there. So Ace, so how are you doing? Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, it's been great. I just got done talking to Psychic Gamer a minute ago. Uh, it was fun. I mean, we're just kind of chatting and getting to know each other. But yeah, thanks for agreeing to do this and for agreeing to play in the game in the first place. I love Final Fantasy fourteen and I love D&D. &D, so I am very VV excited. Yeah, I, I'm excited slash incredibly nervous. <laughs> so also ignore my air conditioner in the background. It is blistering in my home right now. <laughs> It's all good. It's actually, I'm actually kind of burning up down here. I'm usually cold down here too, but I'm, I'm for some reason, probably because oh no. I've been on camera for the past 90 minutes. But so, I mean, uh, yeah, that's hella fair. Final Fantasy 14, huh? So, do you have any other experience with Final Fantasy or is it mainly 14, right? I played the game with, I played the game that like showcased a more modern world of Final Fantasy. I don't remember which one it is. It's with the boys who look like they're in a K pop band. That was 15. Um, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember really liking that game, but mm -hmm. the play style never stuck with me because it's a lot of throwing around your character. Yeah. Which I actually found out apparently is a, more of a staple in the modern final fantasy i did not know that mm -hmm. uh, i assumed it was going to be turn-based combat like uh the old 8-bit games i've yeah. never played uh don't at me um <laughs> but it was a lot of just jumping around and as mm -hmm. someone who has uh i'm very vocal about how uh, a lot of games aren't accessible for people yeah. uh with uh perception issues like i am mm. uh that's one of the reasons why i really like D D. But I got into Final Fantasy XIV uh, because uh, it's a very singular game. Yeah. Uh, it's very much MMO where you just hit things over and over again. Yeah. And even now, uh, getting in, trying to get into raiding, uh, raiding follows a a um, well raids. Cut out all my stuttering. Uh, raids <laughs> they follow like a set 
timing. Like everything yeah. is one by one. There are steps to it, so it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I like the game. It's one of the few games that have like ample accessibility for people. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get into uh, all the things wrong with me, but uh, it has ample accessibility for a lot of people. <laughs> and, and that's good, I think. And I never really thought about it from 15's perspective, but I can see that. And to you know, just me myself, I didn't really care for that kind of play style either. Uh, 15 is very, very action heavy, very jump, you know, like you said, warping around because the warp strike plays a huge part in that. And I do much yes. prefer like the play style of 14. I got to ask you, what are you playing 14? Oh, uh, I'm only a white mage. White mage. Okay. I tried so many other classes. Uh, I don't have any patience and oh. I have a job that pays well. So I just paid to get the classes I want to try up to 80 yep. and I tried them. Uh, I don't like playing tanks. Oh, I uh, can't. DPS, DPS is fun, uh, but uh, you guys do a lot of uh, moving around oh, yeah. that uh, makes things a bit harder for me, so I can't do it. I tried Dancer, and Dancer is so easy, but it's so boring <laughs> to me. If Dancer is your gig, a good Dancer can really change the game for a team. Like, yeah. honestly. But I started with a uh, white mage because I I don't know why I had this big obsession with playing healers in games like right. even in D and D for whatever reason uh, I talked to my therapist and uh, they read me for filth telling me it probably has to do with how I'm always fixing things <laughs> and I said whoa doc-, and I said whoa Doctor Lee relax I, but, I mean people joke about it but sometimes I I use D and D for a little bit of cheap therapy uh, most of my characters have just a little bit much. of something I'm trying to work through usually so. Uh, now, are you? Yeah, Dandy. You're not oh, playing a healer in our game, though. <laughs> I am not because I've been dying to play a wizard. Uh, I've played a, my last couple of characters. My last main character before I had to leave parties uh, was uh, I played a cleric who was a money hungry, uh, lovable bastard. Uh, then I played a sorcerer who stayed away from people because he couldn't control his powers. Mm. Uh, and now I'm playing a very shy nerd uh, who has trauma. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit about your character. No no spoilers, backstory, just a little bit about what you're going to be playing. Uh, Izzy is mm-hmm. a Viera wizard. And uh, basically, uh, how could I put... In the nicest way possible, uh, he's a tryhard. <laughs> in, in the nicest way possible. Uh, yep. He is a tryhard. He is trying his best to become the best wizard he can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And this is very new for him. Uh, no spoilers, uh, but this is his first time being out on his own, mm-hmm. and he's just trying to figure things out. Uh, okay, a little bit of a spoiler. I'm excited because whatever our first combat is going to be, that's going to be the first fight he's ever been in ever. Mm-hmm. So... Gonna That's going great. to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. So I was I was talking with Psychic previously, and I was just telling him that uh, I've been very, very pleased and impressed with the backstories and everything I've been getting from from you all, the players, because there's some uh, really creative people on the team. Um, <clears throat> got a lot of good stuff to work with, uh, and, and you did exactly what I asked you to. You gave me a deep, nice background with some open-ended stuff that I could play around with. And uh, you even gave me some hooks that I could take in there, and I, I'm really excited to kind of explore more of your character as we go through, too. And I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be very interesting Thank as we you. get into some of this stuff. So, very excited. I try, I try my best when making a character... Okay, 
So, if you care, my order with I making do. a character is, uh, I have a million one concepts at all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to spoil this to, you're the DM, uh, maybe the other players will see this. I really don't care if, I like my characters to be a surprise, but I don't care if the other players know. Uh, this, the original version of this character, uh, well, okay, so I had two concepts when you first pointed this out to me. I was either going to play, um, a creepy druid. Because I really love uh, Circle of Spores. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to play, like... uh, But I also like characters who are, like, cute in a weird way. So I was going to play, like, a little... I was going to play, basically, like, I want to play at some point, or here, or I want it to play for this, uh, some sort of an undead bug boy. But uh, I realized... But I realized as you were saying, hey guys, uh, I'm creating the races right now, and here's what I have. I was like, okay, I'm not going to make his life harder. Let me just choose one that we already have. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm going to play a human wizard. I had an idea for a human wizard who was basically a badass magical gunslinger where his gun was his focus. And basically, he protected, um, he protected, um, what's the word? Discarded people in the world, Uh, in in their little desert commune. And he was, and he would be called the Wizard King, and he would be called the Wizard King of the Dunes. Oh! But as I, but as you uh, gave us more of the plot, I was just like, okay. As much as I would love to play a competent like badass, if I have to be a competent badass who's level one, it is going to bother me to no hell. Yeah, that's no always avail. the problem. That's always the problem with making characters yeah. when you start. Oh, so I said. So it started out mm-hmm. as that, but then as I kind of shifted mm-hmm. him, I said, okay, well, what do I want to show in this campaign? When I play a campaign, uh, especially ones that are going to be streamed, I was a part of a stream before, but uh, because of just like uh, differences in how in how they wanted to run a game versus my play style after playing with them for a couple of years, mm. I kind of just it kind of just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I play things that are going to be on stream, uh, one of the big things is I ask myself, uh, what do I want to do with this character that I want people to see? Uh, number one is always I want people to be able to see a black D and D character. Of course, uh, because I am black. Um, I want people to be able to see a, a queer black D and D character. Uh, that works for me. Uh, and third, it and third when it came to this character, was, I was like, I want to be able to say some of the most traumatic shit. Uh, with a like a bit of with a a bit of an softer edge to it, so no one realizes how traumatic it is mm-hmm. until <laughs> until later when things start to make sense. Yeah. And that's yeah. when the idea for my character came through. Again, without spoilers. I know I'm yeah. spoiling a lot more than I said I would, but... Well, um, but not in but so many words, that's but for me, I'm like, uh, I can see what you did. Like, re- playing mm-hmm. back in my head what you've written and what you provided, I'm like, I can see, yes. And I see the threads of what you're, of what you're <laughs> hoping to accomplish. And I think it's, I think to be honest, we've been, I feel like we've worked really well so far with the back and forth about creating this and making it fit into the world. And I'm, I'm really excited to develop this character. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm really excited to see where, where they go and where this journey takes them and how it, how it develops and with the other players and with the world itself. Yeah. So. But with this concept, uh, it went to, okay, I'm going to play so and how that, uh, when realizing, um, I had to realize what a traumatic with a soft touch was. I was like, oh, it's shy. It's shyness. It's quietness. It's reservedness. So then I started to get a personality. And I was like, okay, uh, what can I do for a wizard that is re- that has a reserved personality? Okay, I'm going to give him something that, that uh, when people see his excitement, they're surprised. Mm-hmm. So I made him a huge nerd. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's when, uh, in my head, I started to go through what his backstory could possibly be. Okay, uh, why is he so shy? Why is he so withdrawn? Uh, why is he such a nerd? And I think I answered those questions pretty well in the backstory, personally. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but, yeah. But basically, I started with a concept, then a personality, and then uh, uh, and then uh, the rest was just uh, me writing a backstory. I think I told you uh, I had to delete the first backstory because, like, this is way too convoluted. No, thank you. <laughs> well, and then I just – go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, I wouldn't say what you provided was convoluted, but I will say it was, it was in-depth, it was detailed, and it was a great bit mm -hmm. of world-building. Like, uh, because yeah. I'm taking a lot of what you wrote in your backstory to actually help flesh out one of the one of the cities in the campaign. So it was that's it was, a one. Say what now? I said that is a one. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I, I, but I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue what you were gonna say. That's no problem. But um, basically, well, I forgot what I was gonna say. It's fine. <laughs> uh. Oh, sorry. What I was going to say is, uh, you might not believe me, but what I said you uh, is actually the cut down version of what his backstory originally mm, was. Really? Like, I cut down a lot of things and I simplified it a lot more. Because uh, my biggest problem is when I make... So, I'm going to uh, tell people this. Um, when I get into something, I get really... I really get into it. So, a lot of people, uh, when I play with them, they'll notice how a lot of the times uh, my characters are very memorable because I'm not scared to take the stage and jump into yeah. things. Let's so go, with that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with that, uh, it kind of, so I'll be honest, uh, I have accidental main character syndrome. Mm. <laughs> and I, when I say accidental, I mean, a lot of the time uh, I will uh, jump, when I jump into scenes, uh, I get so into it that uh, a lot of the time people will have to ask me to like, hey, could you just dial it back a bit? I know you're excited excited and uh that's why i like critique like that mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah so a lot of the times i have to it, nowadays as i'm more adult when i play dnd i have to look over my backstory and i have to say okay this is not the main this is not the main character of your book this is a yeah. person in a collaborative game so i had to cut out a lot and essentially i was like wait this doesn't have to be some big thing he's not the main character of a book mm -hmm. so i just slapped some of this shit out and I made it just way more simple yeah. and fun and more palpable because a convoluted backstory is, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, if you write, if you have, okay. So a tip for those people who have been told their backstories are too convoluted or complicated. Uh, I have an easy rule <laughs> or an easy mantra to go in your head. Uh, it can be simple. Mm -hmm. I promise you it will not be boring if your backstory is simple. A lot of people like to shit on uh, Fighter from Fighter City, but guess what? Fighter from Fighter City is a is a good character to have when things get serious yeah. because he d isn't going to lose much from the serious moment, so he can be a good character to like calm things down and level out. Like yeah. we don't, not everyone has to be a, a rogue who came from Shadow Vale and they right. have to fight alley bears after their parents threw them into an alley <laughs> right right <laughs> it's okay to just have a simple it's okay to have a simpler backstory i will say yeah. because even though my backstory is still dynamic as hell but yeah. it's way more simple than it was going to be not originally well, and then just the nature of tabletop games in general is you know your backstory is literally just a starting point the story of your character starts the second you hit that that game and I mean, I from I'm with you. I make like a hundred yeah. characters. My D and D Beyond page is ridiculously long of just characters I'll never play. I don't. 
but I don't have I I can't afford a monthly oh, membership, I, I, so I put them all in my phone. Gotcha. Yeah, I do the monthly mainly because I D and D or sorry, I DM so much, so I, I needed it anyway. But then once I signed up for it, I'm like, make, 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 make. But you're right. It's it's you don't need a very convoluted backstory because most of what you you know, the character you have in your head isn't always the character that you sit down and end up playing. Like I've developed characters. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play it like this. And then I get two sessions in and I'm like, I'm playing it totally different. I like how I'm playing it better. It fits better with the the group dynamic that we have. Um, And, you know, if you have a a DM that's willing to work with you, even those simple backstories can, can make for meaningful stories down the road. The thing that I don't like is when the, is when the backstory is so convoluted and so everything's tied up. And then your DM looks at it. It's like, I have nothing to work with here because you, you wrote me a book, yep. you know? And I said the same thing to psychic. It's like, I, a I need lot hooks. Of people, <laughs> a lot of people, uh, should just be writers. Yeah. Like, honestly, a lot of people who play D and D should just be writers, mm-hmm. but like, just so everyone knows all of these, uh, you can't see it, but all these, yeah. these are notes on my phone of all my characters and their concepts. Wow. Just notes. It just keeps going yeah. down. You might have to lower the bright brightness. Actually, <laughs> don't lower the brightness because I have some grocery list on here. <laughs> but like, the point is, uh, as long as you, uh, it doesn't matter how long it takes for you to write the backstory story, or even just uh, flesh it out or even take some stuff out. It is okay for it to be simple. And that is a lesson I had to learn the hard way after some, after a DM looked at my backstory and said, said, I'm not reading all of this. Yeah. And I said, you know what? That's fair. That's valid. You know, I shouldn't have made you read this thesis paper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's to your point. It's, it's hard though. Cause once you sit down and you start doing that character, these ideas just start flowing and you know, of, Oh, this could have happened and this could have happened or why did this happen? And then you're, you're also, you end up doing your own mini world building as you're developing out your connections to your family, your history, your backstory. And before you know it, if you, if you're not careful, that can get really, really away from you. And, uh, yeah, I've had that problem. Uh, I've had when, characters that I've thought, maybe I should just turn this into a short story instead of trying to make this a D&D character, <laughs> you know? Listen, the moment I had to go back, I think I messaged you about this. I said, yeah, I don't know what to do with this character because I had so much from them, mm-hmm. for them. And, like, the point that made me have to step back was when I was was when I was just was when I was writing something about like a, a trip he went on into like a forest that traumatized him or something. I was like, yeah. okay, this has nothing to do with the story. At this point, I'm just writing. I'm just writing headcanon. I'm writing fan yeah. fiction at this point yeah. about this character. And, and that stuff and can still to, be there. You can just you know maybe in the course of the campaign, you're like, this reminds me of a time, and you can drop it in there. But yeah, it, you, oh, stuff like that. Thank you for bringing that up. Making memories out of ideas that I'm not going to use for the backstory is my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I love just turning ideas that I'm not going to use yep. into uh, memories. Memories. Don't tell the other players this, but uh, but my but Izzy's no, favorite this, book. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> uh, Izzy's favorite book is literally about the character he's ba- he was based off of. Uh, okay. The, the 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 wizard king of the dunes. Okay. I made that character into his favorite book, basically, because I was just like, I'm not gonna play this character because I don't play characters twice. I refuse. I actively refuse. Yeah. Um. I, I like playing uh, new they, characters too, instead of replaying characters, yeah. and unless it was a character I really really liked, and the campaign got cut short, and then I'm like, well, I, I'm yeah. not done with this character, but that still feels like playing it. Yeah. Once. 
I was going to play my one-armed monk that only got played for, like, five sessions, but then someone was just like, I'm playing a monk. I was like, well, yeah. wizard it is. Yeah. We had some people call those really fast. Like, once we got everybody in, they're yeah. like, I'm playing this. <laughs> it's like, okay, wow, you came into this prepared, which was good for me, though. Like, I, I like to see the uh, excitement from people. Uh, I, I was worried I, no one would want to do this, and I feel like it's we've had some pretty good response. And I'm just I'm just feel grateful that you all wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited about that. I'm going to tell you right now the reaction that uh, the audience has has to any stuff that comes up, any drama. That's going to be my reaction. Mm-hmm. I care more about these other characters than I care about mine. Yeah. I'm just gonna tell you right now. Yeah. The moment they their backstory comes in, I'm going to be mouth agape at the drama. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part too, and that's what I like about DMing is I get to know those secrets, and then I get to like watch as I see things come out, and it's always fun when you when you watch the player as you as they realize something from their backstory is about to happen and you're like yep and there's like that moment where you and the player kind of lock eyes and you're like "Eh, it's time (laughs) i just i love that that's one of my favorite things about dming so oh man so how long have you been playing dnd oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna talk about uh my my anime playlist because i have five theme songs for this campaign already and i don't even know what the characters look like (laughs) i have five openings in my head for this campaign like and i only know what my character look yeah exactly uh also for those of you who are interested before i talk about uh my D &D journey because that that's long um my character the song i would bet used to represent my character is what I've been listening to all day. It's sad I don't know it already. I'm sorry, I just need to talk about this uh, with you specifically. Everyone else can watch, I guess. But uh, Are You Satisfied by Marina and the Diamonds is so perfect for Izzy. Okay. Uh, that won't mean anything to some people, but yeah. uh, DM, feel free to listen to it and you'll see what I mean. Okay, I'll take a listen. Yeah, because I'm not familiar with it, but I'll take a listen when we get done here. Marina and the Diamonds, uh, basically... From what I understand, I've only heard about three or four songs from her, but she sings a lot of music about how sad she is, and okay. I think I relate to that mm-hmm. only because it takes me back to the t- it takes me back to when I was younger and I was really sad. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I started playing D anD D when I was really sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's that free therapy, man. That's what we were talking about. 19, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. I'm twenty four, so I've been playing D anD D for eight years now. Okay, okay, you've actually got a couple years on me then. Yeah. Did you start I with sh- every, edition? Or? Everyone says that. No. Uh, I started playing D anD D when I was sixteen. Okay. And I actually started with and I actually started with Pathfinder. Okay. Okay. Which is for those of you who don't know, Pathfinder is hard mode for D anD. Mm-hmm. And for <laughs> that people who shit really like is their not math. was not. Yeah. Uh, that shit is was not for a young autistic. Uh, was not for a young autistic sixteen year old. Who was having depressive episodes? Let me yeah. tell you, that shit was difficult. I had to have I had to have people like make my character sheet for me because I just did not understand it. Mm. Gla- luckily, by the time I was eighteen, I did understand it. But uh, I actually moved to five E when I turned eight, seventeen and a half or eighteen. I remember very specifically. It was a campaign my friend was doing, um, where uh, it was basically imagine Final Fantasy but a war drama. It okay. was basically like that. So Final Fantasy 16 um, is what that looks like. So 
I'm going to assume that you're right, but a little bit um, of twelve too. Basically, <laughs> I play I played a bard of eloquence, and uh, what really got me was how easy it was for me to make my character sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I understood it immediately. I just had to read up a bit. Yeah, and I played a bard of eloquence bard named I don't remember his name, but this was my first uh black character that I ever okay. played, which I know seems surprising. <laughs> um. Because uh, I think I've talked to you about this. I remember uh, you were talking to me about how like uh, important representation was to mm-hmm. you, and I went on like an entire rant about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still embarrassed about about it, but um, no, no need to be embarrassed. That's uh, a good conversation. Yeah, but when I tell people that my first uh, black character I played was like through sixteen, seventeen, two years. Sorry, I'm bad at math. After playing Dean, a lot of people are surprised, and that was actually the mm-hmm. character that caused the most that caused the most controversy. Uh, because I didn't realize my friends were racist. Oh, hmm. Well, yeah, did... so it was really nice for it was really nice to be told by a friend I've known for years, the first person I came out to, to say I'm hard pressed to play a black character. Wow. And it's just like, sir, I'm I'm literally black. Like, what it's... do you mean? Yeah. What was what was the? I, I don't even I can't even fathom how someone would even approach that conversation. <laughs> The problem for him was he apparently he said something about how it was making him it harder for him to write stuff because I wanted to play a second character. So in this campaign, okay. uh, everyone had a second character at least because they just kept wanting to add. One person actually played twin brothers, which was really funny. Okay. But I wanted to play a character. This was my first cleric I was going to play mm-hmm. uh, who had like max like HP, max uh, AC. And his big thing was how he could take a hit. Uh, but he had so little attack that he was useless for anything other than healing. Sure. So uh, he was. So he basically stand in the front, turn around, see the wizard needs to be able to be like, Ugh, and like book it over there without being able to get hit. But when I told him that, he was just like, I mean, but does he have to be black? I need to have a reason for there to be a black elf. I was just like, you know, people are brown because they're just closer to the equator, right? This is like the whole Lord of the Rings thing all over. Well, I guess this happened first. But I mean, with all of the controversy with people getting mad about Rings of Power, because listen, what I just don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Just move on with yeah. your lives, people. <sighs> I was going to say something that was going to get into a much deeper uh, discussion, so yeah. we're going to skip that. I'm going to save that for when I talk to my boyfriend. But yeah, I'm not trying to get um, political. But that I'm just saying. I think I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, a black no, elf. The worst there can be a black it elf. Is, it's not a big deal. The worst part about it is race isn't even a political thing. It's just in existence. Yeah. And that's why it frustrated me so much when he said that to me. Yeah. Because I was just like, first of all, it hurts even more when it's your friend. Uh, mm. Some people uh, uh, don't understand the hurt uh, you feel, which is why a lot of people will tell tell you that you're just looking too deeply into it. Yeah. But for someone you trust, for you to find out that they have active racist views is some of yeah. the most heartbreaking shit in the world. And that's one of the reasons why I had to leave the group, I mm-hmm. believe, like four or five years later. Uh, we had gotten to quite a few campaigns, but I couldn't bring myself to leave because I was like, but they're my friends and I don't want to hurt their yeah. feelings. Until, but then I realized how much of a toll it was taking on me because mm-hmm. uh, they were the reasons I had to like start therapy again. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I remember good. I was... And I remember I was talking to my mom about it because she was curious about why I was starting therapy. I was like, yeah, my friends just don't have me feeling feeling well. She's like... So they're still your friends, but they're the reasons you have to do therapy. Yeah. I was like, well. Yeah. And <laughs> well, got me there, sis. It's one of those things. It's 
the comfort of people you've known. Uh, you know, I think we've all found ourselves in some kind of toxic relationship before where it's like, it take it almost takes somebody else, like you said, like your mom, to point out, like, wait, why am I letting this person affect me so much in my life? Like, yeah. uh, but it's it's so hard. I had to, yeah. So basically, I had to just tell the one person who was like the leader of the group. I was like, hey, yeah, I don't feel safe as a queer POC here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just I'm done. Uh, you can tell them whatever you want, and none of them messaged me after I left, which was a, which is a lot easier oh. of a break than a lot of people that a lot of other people get. Yeah. So I was happy to take it. One person, the other black person in the group, actually did message me a couple months later, talk much happier in a different D and D group. Mm-hmm. He messaged me saying, you know, hey, uh, the group can be annoying to me too. Uh, I hope you find whatever you're trying to find. And I was happy to hear that from him. Uh, it's really nice uh, to bond with other POCs yeah. when they feel the same thing. But it was just a mess, and I'm very happy. I've uh, I've actually been really lucky. I found groups that have mostly uh, been cool with these types of conversations. Uh, they've been they've been easy to uh, get corrected. Wait, that's not true. One of my groups was <laughs> not, but I won't get into that. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping this group will, will prove to be. Uh, so I think our session zero, we, we talked a little bit about some of that stuff in session zero, I think. Uh, but, I, d- I could not remember. Yeah, it was a long, that was a long session zero, I think. But I mean, from, like you said, I was looking for people. I was trying, you know, representation was important to me, but also tolerance. Like I was very much trying to root out people. You know, I remember how disappointed you were that you couldn't find a girl to play with. I know. Okay. I was just like, okay. (laughs) I I just looked at it. I was like, it's just a bunch of guys. I just, I wanted, again, I wanted representation. I did, uh, I did want uh, a female on the, uh, on the stream. Do you remember? (laughs) But when you said that, that made me think of, you know, that meme of the guy leaving and then he puts his hand back in the door. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I, I feel uh, that's what I imagined happened when you when I when you were just like, "What are your pronouns?" and I said, "He," and you were about to leave, and I said, "She," they, and you were held your hand back. Well, it wasn't like that. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't using that to root people out. Like that wasn't what I was doing. When I had our five oh, yeah, core, definitely. I was like, "Okay, I could do six people." I had at that point. At that point, I was like, "Okay, I've got five core." Um, Four of them are strict he, him, and then you, of course, were non-binary. And I was like, okay, if I could just get, like, a she, her, like, just for that sixth slot. And I I reached out to a couple, but either times didn't work. And I was like, you know, I've got a good group of players. You know, I'm not going to hold the game up for, for that. But I did, I did. I was like, oh, just... I just, I wanted, you know, I like those different perspectives. And to be perfectly honest, all of my home games are pretty well balanced, I, I'm just so used to to DMing with women at the table. It's just it's just weird to me that there's not because I've been uh, playing with uh, with some of my friends and it's like usually about half men, half women, and I'm just yeah. it's weird. I'm like, oh my god, what's one up? Thing, all this? <laughs> one thing they don't tell you in D and D is like everyone tries to make it seem like it's a boys club, but like women are some of the most chaotic players I've ever played with, I and know, I love and it. I love it so much. <laughs> And that was one of the reasons I wanted to... When I say chaotic, I mean chaotic in the... Yeah, when I say chaotic, I mean chaotic in the best way possible. Oh, yeah, I know. My uh, best friend uh, played uh, in my group, uh, my all-black D&D group. uh, It's only my boyfriend, uh, uh, my other friend, Bear, 
and uh, three other uh, femme-presenting people who use she-her pronouns. And when I tell you, those three are some of the most brutal players mm. I have ever met, which is so funny because uh, two of them are newer. My best friend is one of them, and one of them has not been playing for a very long. Mm. long. And I love how easily uh, they picked it up and how the three of them are, are easily the most powerful members of the team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much fun. Like, playing with women is just yeah, A1. And, Love it. Highly recommend it. And that's why I, I was, you know, I was just looking because, again, we're doing a stream, and I was trying to get, you know, representation <laughs> as much as I could. And I reached out to some. One was interested, but I think they were from Europe, so the time just did not work. And then some weren't interested, Oof. which is totally fine. I mean, you know, some just weren't interested. Yeah. Some weren't interested in the stream. And I was like, okay, I've got my core players. You know, I think it's good. I, I am open to guest spots or, you know, if something happens and we actually you should have your daughter. You should have your daughter uh, at be a guest. Well, she's a little young, but otherwise I would. I would totally get my wife if she would do it, but she, she doesn't like D&D. So it's just, she would My daughter's a little young to understand it. Otherwise, she would totally be one of the players. She would have been like player number one. I'd be like, you're playing. And she'd be like, I don't want to. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I pay for the well, food. <laughs> if she doesn't like D&D, you should definitely uh, get her into power by the apocalypse. It's like D&D, mm. but it's more about feelings. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I power think... by the apocalypse is a one. I love it so much. I'll have to look into that. I think it's just she's not hit the right group. Because uh, I did do one one-shot with her, and she really liked it. But uh, then one of the people ended up moving away, and I'm like, well, that's there it. goes that. Sometimes sometimes you're just a one-shot player, and that's all right. And that's okay, too. Uh, that's fine, too. I remember my my youngest brother. Uh, I remember he played a one-shot with my with my best friend and another friend I had at the moment. moment and, he, and I asked him, I was like, hey, you want to do a full game? He was like, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> he just left. <laughs> Yeah, some people <laughs> like it, but just for short stints, and that's that's cool too. I mean, you know, uh, I I prefer the long term storytelling, so I do prefer. Campaigns, and I tell you, but... it is it was so hard to find a long term game that mm. is in, at night that matches with the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the problem I was having. So I was like, I guess I'll start my own <laughs> because it's yeah. I, I only really have the night time to work uh, or play. I guess. <laughs> Uh, and it's just, uh, it's hard because, you know, a lot of them would either be during the day because they were playing at their nighttime or they wanted to do it on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I, I usually try to reserve the weekend for family time. I don't know that, so. what it is. Why do, why can D and D players other than me just like play on the weekends? I've never, I, don't know. I was so shocked when I saw how many games were just like, yeah, we just have the weekend open, sir. All the time. Do I'm you... like, I can, I can maybe give you two hours on a Sunday. Okay, Saturday is like, almost always out. <laughs> so. I can, I can barely get a Saturday off. Like I have to request it weeks in advance. Yeah. I'm only getting this. Hold on, twenty eight. Yeah, I'm getting the 29th off because it's because uh, I had to convince my manager because uh, it's my birthday weekend and me and my boyfriend are going to the historic part of town. And did you have to? Like, I literally had, yeah. I had to beg this man. Oh, I man. said, "Sir, please, please." It's he was a like, birthday and present. He was like, no, and literally he was, yeah, pretty much. And literally he was just like, listen, dog, I 100% understand it. We have like five people who called out. I said, no. I will give you my soul right now <laughs> if you give if you give me this day, day off. But uh, luckily uh, we were able to find someone to cover for me. So they just oh, okay. put it in for me. I was going to say, did you technically just become a warlock? 
I think you might have. Have you sold your soul for that? I <laughs> honestly I wouldn't mind. My uh manager's actually really nice. <laughs> okay, cool patron to have then. <laughs> uh yeah, so I, I'm the same way and sometimes I'm out of town on the weekends or whatever, and then it mm. makes it a little more chaotic to schedule games, but I'm always actually, in town on Monday night, so Actually, speaking of, uh, I might get Mondays uh, off from now on, uh, depending on if a certain thing goes well. So that might, uh, so the stars may align. Best of luck for that. That's even better. So. Hopefully. Listen, uh, I need the whole day to emotionally prepare for D&D yeah. sometimes. Well, sometimes I wish I had that too, because there's times, um, especially because normally this is the time that my brother and I record our podcast. And sometimes, you know, with the, the young child and working all day, I'll get to like nine o'clock and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And then, you know, you put on the happy face and you and you do your stream or whatever. Uh, but yeah, having the day off would be great. <laughs> I could just have every Monday and just, well, that would be bad for you. Because if I had every Monday, all I would do is just plot all day. Now, I am not, at least I try not to be an adversarial DM. But if you give me a whole day of world building and before the game, something's bound to go wrong. <laughs> okay, it's just I need you to understand, <laughs> buddy, bestie, bestie. I'm emotionally attached to my characters. I want you to fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> I can do I that. love my characters. I would I would hate like if Izzy died, I would be sad because I've never like had a character die mm. before. For I would get over it. I would still be sad though. Mm. Uh, emotionally scar him as much as you want within reason. Okay, I can do it. I, I am okay. Again, I'm not adversarial. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> one of those DMs out to kill your character. But I have. Oh, killed, I have killed characters before. Um, I actually yeah. just had a death. Not in one of my. La actually, it was like we had to take a hiatus. So we're on hiatus now, and it was the last. Uh, time we got to play Ugh. but um, they were they were they had one failed death save and they rolled a uh, a natural one and I said okay if anyone has inspiration I will let you give it to them and they can roll again oh no I was like, oh no I see where this is going another natural one and God I was damn like, it I, I knew it I can't I can't help you like I've done what I could I, I gave <laughs> you a re-roll I let you burn your inspiration, even though that's not technically how it works. But I, at this point, the die, because at some point the dice do get to make decisions because otherwise you're not playing a game anymore. You're just making stuff up, which is fun too. But yeah, at that point, I, I was like, I, I can't spend this for you, man. I just can't do it. Like, I don't know what to do for you here. Did I'm you not diamonds? a first time DM. I'm not a first time DM by any means. Like I used to DM one shots all the time. This is my first like main game. I'm, doing i think i actually sent you the map of my world that we're playing in next i don't remember but uh, send it again if you did because i can't i haven't i don't sure seen it. but uh after learning what i have as a dm now now i'm very happy to carry those skills over mm -hmm. and i learned uh th one thing i'm really bad at is uh world building uh with opened ends mm -hmm. and that and the only reason that it worked for this party is because a large majority of them are new yeah, but keep yeah. in mind, I'm also a very open DM. So if you're just like, hey, can I set this into the world's lore? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But one thing I am I specialize in, it's not killing characters or like uh, making you fear for your life in a fight. I am stellar at plot twists. Yeah, I like <laughs> And I the only reason, too. yeah, then the only reason I'm good at plot twists is because I make up stuff on the spot all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, 
And the thing about it is, I used to not want to do that as a DM, but now I'm realizing how often DMs just make stuff up on yeah. the spot, despite their notes. And the best DMs make you think that it was planned all along. And that's why, exactly. if My- you watch like Critical Role, that's why I love Matt Mercer, because you know he's just making stuff up left and right, and you're like, but you couldn't tell. And I'm I'm not that's- that good. But I try my best to to make things seem planned, even when I'm just mm-hmm. like, "Woo, here we go." <laughs> when okay, so I my DMing style is largely based off of Brendan Lee Mulligan, okay. only because I, I love Critical Role down. Uh, I cannot listen to a four hour episode. Uh, I don't have enough time in the day. It is yeah. so difficult. It's Shout to out to all those critters. Shout out to all the critters who are like consistent because I could barely get through the second campaign. <laughs> Like I know everything that happened in the second in the second yeah. campaign only because I watched a shit ton of recaps and then yeah. I watched like the last five episodes. I, I do stay caught up. I started with campaign two, but I have to listen to it while I work, or I couldn't stay caught up. And sometimes it gets hard. I multitask. Yeah, it gets hard. But I can't listen to things like while I'm actively doing something. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have can, to. So I can only listen to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I can only like listen. I could only listen to it while I was taking the bus to work. Uh, now, luckily, yeah. my my job was like an hour away before mm-hmm. uh, I got a job that's much closer and pays more. Nice. Uh, shout out to those jobs. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I base a lot of my DMing on Brendan Lee Mulligan only because uh, his DMing style is very palpable and he talks shit about capitalism a lot in his games, which is what I aspire to. Like, uh, it. I remember my boyfriend was talking to me. So the main villain of my current campaign, uh, he's an ivory dragon who used to be a god, but got jealous because he basically felt he should be worshipped more. Okay. He basically created night. He basically created nightmares, uh, as a gift to humanity, but they didn't want that, obviously. A gift, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and basically, my boyfriend, uh, he They basically talked to one of his like main generals. There are four. Uh, he talked to one of their main generals about how, like, you shouldn't be doing this, and he gave his backstory. Basically, he's a disgraced, like, um, scientist who basically uh, was thrown away because the work he was doing was too dangerous. Oh. And that's when he realized how messed up the world was when everything was taken away from him. And my brother, my brother, God damn it, no, my boyfriend, <laughs> <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> and no my edits. boyfriend, what, no edits. And my boyfriend. <laughs> And my boyfriend was literally just like, God, I hate this guy. I was like, well, why do you hate him? He's like, because he's like every white guy who something bad happens to. And all of a sudden, that's when he realizes that things are bad when we've been telling him things aren't. And I was just like, yeah. I want you to know that's literally the archetype I based him off of. He's like, what? He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, have you done this often? I was like, their leader is an ivory dragon who got jealous and wants to destroy the world for everyone else. Like, I was just like, literally, all of the villains are just an allegory for horrible versions of white people. No offense. <laughs> um, we're the worst. What are you talking about? As but, a whole, uh, we're not very good. But, uh, sorry, I'm getting off track. But basically, a plot <laughs> twist I really enjoyed doing was uh, my, my friend Bear, his mm-hmm. character at talk is uh, from another... He's basically from another campaign, so we flavored it as he's from another world and he was brought to this one for whatever reason Mm -hmm. but he's actually plot twist he's actually from another world another world oh wow (laughs) um but he's from another world called draconia oh and basically he had a friend there named scarlet who was his best friend like uh they did everything together she was basically his protector because he was the son of basically one of the main like kings of the realm Mm -hmm. um 
speaking of this was my boyfriend messaging me um <laughs> but basically um something happened where the world ended up destroyed uh no spoilers but we found out recently uh that uh he may have been the cause of it oh but basically, a twist that I really like that was a complete last-minute decision was when uh, my character, uh, my friend Antonia, not my friend, my friend Evie who plays Antonia, she's basically like the human MacGuffin in this party. Okay. Because uh, because she basically has a weird symbol on her that she basically said, I don't know what this means. Do whatever you want with it. I said, yeah. well, you're a MacGuffin now. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> I, I've got not the exact same thing, but one of the characters has given me a mm-hmm. something like, "Hey, here's this. Do what you want with it." I'm like, "I love it." <laughs> me. Obviously me. <laughs> but um but basically um she there's this organization who's basically trying to take her uh okay. because they want her power. And basically uh one of the people have her brother she found out recently that her brother is actually the leader of this organization mm. but she found out while talking to him uh that he's under a spell she re- immediately realized because she was just like he's not talking how i described so in her head she was like he's not talking how i described him to you so either you're doing a really bad accent or something is up mm. and and one thing about me is that i am really good at doing voices That's so good, she's I'm like not. something <laughs> is fucking up so uh uh, I just need you to know, don't expect anything with Izzy. Izzy talks like me, but a bit quieter. That okay. is it, because uh, I, I'm tired from my job. Yeah, no, that's fine. But, I, I was telling Psychic, I've got like three voices. It's this, it's this a little bit lower, uh, this a little bit higher, and I guess there's four, because I do do American Southern. <laughs> so. uh, A1, honestly. But she was just like, something's off. Uh, but uh, when she tried to talk to him more, that's when... This person who's been messing with her, who basically acts as her brother's second in command, mm-hmm. comes to take him because they realize she knows something is wrong. One thing about my villains is that they're incredibly smart, so my players yeah, like always that. have to be crafty if yeah. they want to catch them. Uh, <laughs> which is why they're always good at beating up my villains because they know their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. It might they already know if I have a villain who's good at one thing, they are shit at something, something else, else because yeah. I need to be able to, I need to be able to give you an out just in case things go wrong. Uh, yeah. For example, uh, for example, uh, one of the generals that they're dealing with, she is a powerful sorceress. She uses, she has so many sorcery points. She uses them like they're no one's business, and she has a high con. Con. Uh, she is horrible at strength checks. Oh yeah. And guess that makes sense. So guess what my guess what the other sorcerer in my party does every time? Uh, strength check. Yep, stacks it against but, strength checks. That's a good idea. Yeah, but basically, uh. She was going, the second in command, he was going to take her brother away. She immediately cast a spell to hold her brother in place so he could not move. And she says, I'm going to run to him because I said, okay, I'm going to let that be your, I'm going to let that uh, be your free action because it tech- this would technically be a surprise round. Okay. And she said, okay. And she says, uh, she's dealt with this person before. They have a ungodly amount of counter spells, so mm. much to the point where people were just like, I feel like you don't want us to uh, fight them. <laughs> And uh, she was just like, I know he has counter spells, spells, and I know he's good at avoiding spells. So I'm just going to run up and take off his hood so I can see who he is. Hmm. Uh, and Amelia's like, oh, no, because I don't know who this per- I had no idea who this person mm-hmm. was yet. I did not know if I wanted it to be someone they have met already or if I wanted it to uh, just be a random NPC person yeah. they don't recognize. But in that moment, I was just like. This is too good of a moment for it to just be a random. Oh. So I had to rack my brain through all the NPCs to think who it is. 
That's when you start and vamping with like, and then you reach for the yeah. hood, and then you slowly start pulling yeah. the hood back, and the whole time you're like, "Who is this? I don't know. Oh my god, who is this patient?" <laughs> yeah, but as I was thinking about it, I realized there's one NPC who would cause the most emotional damage to someone in the party, mm-hmm. and it's someone who they saw in a flashback because the character who's from another world. He saw Scarlet quite literally cowering away from him as the last memory he remembers from that world. Hmm. So he took off the mask. So she took off the mask. And I, was, and I immediately say, you assumed it was a person because they were wearing it was a, a humanoid figure because they were wearing a glamour. But as you take it off, therefore, you realize their their form is more womanly. You realize her voice is higher pitch and she's covered in red scales. And that's when you just hear Bear, Bear just say, God damn it. <laughs> like out loud. I love loud. those and, moments, though. I love those moments. Yeah. It's so. And from that, I had to basically, I changed originally what the plan for that organization mm-hmm. was. I had to explain why is she here and why is she evil? Yeah. Because I knew they would ask. And basically, I was just like, okay, what does she want? What would she possibly want? She would want to go back to her home that was destroyed. Okay. How would she do that? And I realized a big thing I set up in my game a lot is how you need to sacrifice people to have powerful spells happen. What sure. what would you what what could you reasonably sacrifice with enough worth to get a world back? Another world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, like she's it. basically basically uh skipping all of the plot points of my campaign because it would take forever she's uh she has a way to get her world back by destroying this one but she needs to take very specific steps and that is her goal okay. and i had to come up with all of that because of that split decision yeah. uh to instead of make things easier for me uh make things more interesting for my players yeah exactly my players in one of my campaigns did something that took it it caused a whole re- rewrite and actually i was running a module I was running something right oh. out of the book, uh, and it was it was for some new players. It was it was very straightforward. It was Horde of the Dragon Queen, as straightforward as you can get. Um, but what they that they did was there was this part where they were supposed to infiltrate this camp and steal something because these people had a, a adult blue dragon on their side, right? And they knew that. Uh, but what they did through some very, very great roles and some good role playing, they actually convinced the the leader of the nearby town, the king, to send an army and march against this person. Uh, it did not go well because the the dragon had already ransacked the kingdom, and then now he just kind of went through and annihilated what was left of this army. So oh, no. it, it, it became, instead of them sneaking in, getting something, being the heroes, they became the ones that had got an entire town destroyed, an entire kingdom destroyed. And the king, who was a throwaway NPC, then became a main antagonist of the, of the campaign. It. Because he's like, you, you, I trusted you, you caused me to do this. Uh, and then he made, uh, one of them had was a warlock. And had uh, their patron uh, had a had a natural enemy. Uh, guess who? Guess who became a warlock of that other patron? Because it, it made sense to tie in their backstory too. And it was like, well, okay. I, I literally got to chapter two and was like, well, module's done, and had to rewrite my whole campaign from there. So went off the rest. But well, I guess this is I guess this is a campaign now. Yeah, but it was uh, it was the best way that could have gone. So much more interesting yeah. than it would have been if we just stuck to the my. Model. Favorite decision that my character, that my character, my, my party, sorry, I have hic- hiccups, <laughs> uh, that my party has uh, made. 
uh, that really sent me for a loop was actually from the nicest member of the party mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one who was the most sensible, where she literally was just like, wait a minute, we've been doing these missions for, like, literal rulers. Does that mean we could just, does that mean they owe us boons? And I was like, well, I wouldn't say they owe you boons. If they ask you to do a job and you did it for a pay, pay they wouldn't necessarily owe you. But I said, well, what were you thinking? She said, we're literally looking for a lost I- item. What's stopping us from just asking them to uh, send someone else to find it for us? <laughs> and I said, um, I guess nothing. <laughs> I guess you just got to ask them. Yep. And, and she was like, and, she, and she's like, yeah, so I'm on, uh, we're on personal terms with this ruler of a nation. So I'm yeah. just going to send them a message and be like, hey, uh, if we trade, if we trade a service for you, will you look for this, uh, ultra-rare uh, relic and tell us what you fi- find with your infinite resources. Yep. Natural 20 on the persuasion check, and you're like, well... Immediately. Yeah, easy. of course. <laughs> that was... Okay, so then you gotta you gotta play around with that. But that's what makes yeah. D&D fun and different from reading a book, is keeps you on your toes. And it's the collaborative yep. storytelling. That's what I love, is because what I've planned as DM never survives contact with the players, because once you guys start making decisions and making choices... <laughs> things change. So that's why, you know, I've got, I've got the various plot points, the things that are going on in the world that will affect, but then how do your actions affect those things that are going on instead of this happens and this happens and this happens because it's not worth doing because I'm going to end up throwing all that away if I do that. So immediately I will ask, uh, how do you feel about, uh, cause I'm, I always ask DMs this cause I love doing this in my games how do you feel about uh devil's bargains in dm in dnd games i've had uh i've had that happen in more than one of my d i love devils i love demons i for some reason love love working with those um i had one well i bet that actually made a deal with a devil and then uh noped out of the party like they they made the deal then left and said hey i want to play a different character now uh, and then gave me their NPC to use as a, or their old PC to use as antagonist going forward. And I was like, let's do it. So That sounds yeah. epic, but I meant more like in a metaphorical sense, like characters making deals with you to let things happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to play it. I try to be fair. I'm not easily bribed because uh, I don't, I don't want to like show favor to someone's bribing me. I do it. The thing about it is my players know me. They know that I will do it. Uh, but the price will vary depending on the scene. (laughs) If it is a super, if it's a super emotional scene where uh, you and the party will get a lot of payoff. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, I'll say if you and the party will get a lot of emotional payoff for it, I make the price higher. Like I had one character I played with in a one shot where basically uh, the cave was collapsing and they, they were a wizard. And they looked at me and they said, DM, if I wanted to cast a time stop spell, uh, what would what would I have to do for that? I was like, um, do you have that high of a slot? They're like, they're like, I'm level five. No, <laughs> and I said, and I literally, I said, I said, well, that's very. If you don't have the spells, there's not much I can do about you. And he immediately said, he's like, if I had a powerful enough component, would you let me do do it? I said, well, that would depend on the component. He was like, if I give my arm, would you let me have it? <laughs> I said, and I had to look at him. I said. Bestie, are you sure about this? <laughs> and he says, "No, I want to give up my arm to make sure the rest of the party uh, at least gets out." I said, "Okay, I'll give it to you. You give up your arm, and you have to make a percentile check to see if you manage to get out." Hmm. 
Okay. And he said, and he immediately said deal. <laughs> and I, I like stuff like that uh, because I like playing loosely with the mm. rules of D&D. God fucking damn it, these hiccups. <laughs> I like playing loosely with the rules of D&D a lot for stuff yeah. like that. I know it's not everyone everyone's tea because a lot of DMs will just le- like uh, just letting the party shit shit themselves, which I think is perfect. That's fair. Too. I'm going to be 100. Yeah. <laughs> percent um, I think it's a, like, it's a it's a case by case basis. Typically, I do tend to play it a little mm-hmm. bit closer to the rules. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and and I do like um, seeing what the party can come up with with the resources that yeah. they have available to them too. Um, so I do like seeing what they can do. So typically, I don't do stuff like that. But you never know. It's always worth a. Sh- I need you. I need you to understand. There is nothing that I will not give up to let the rest of the party go forward. <laughs> so I just lead you to know if I say, "Hey DM, uh, if Izzy if Izzy stays back or sacrifices his life, can the can everyone else get away?" I need you to not be surprised. So and, and that's that's a little different. So that I think is as uh, much more easy to work with in the narrative than uh, than explaining like. Uh, how you cast a level nine like uh, time stop spell, but it's something like that. Oh, yeah. That is Obviously, much yeah. more something that I think would be okay. Yeah, how do we do this? So uh, this is this Ooh. will be your moment. This will be your heroic sacrifice. What does it look like? And that's a good narrative moment. That is totally something I would do. Absolutely, I have yeah. designed characters in my head that I'm like, I want their moment to be a heroic sacrifice to save the party. That's what I want for this character. Yeah. Um, like I, Unfortunately, I, want, I, I don't, made them to die. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember talking. Uh, I really liked the questions you sent because you're like, okay, well, what is this character's like main mantras or morals? Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing I put for Izzy was freedom. Yep, he wants to be free to do uh to become the whatever type of wizard he wants to be. Mm-hmm. So I think about a moment like that, like that with Izzy. It would have to be some shitty circumstances, and he would have to have a lot of love for the party for him to give up his free right. his freedom or like life for yeah. these people. Damn it! I was trying to make sure it wasn't audible. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and it'll be that much more impactful if that ever does come to pass, too. So. Yeah, but I'm trying to stray away from the found family trope, but I feel like I'm not going to have much of a choice. You kind of have to with D&D. You, you, got, you throw a bunch of random people together, you end up found family. There's like no way around it unless everybody just hates each other. You know, I mean, it's... Actually, I would love to play a game where everyone hates each other. And they're just bound together. Maybe you guys will. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe everybody's just bound by something that's keeping them together for some other reason. Um, It would be interesting to play one where everybody hates each other, they don't trust each other, and you're just like a mercenary band. You can't get away from each other for some reason. But that's... I don't think where this is going, but who knows? My plans will not survive contact with you all. That's all I know. So there's only so much I can do. Um... Anyway, I, I'm loving talking to you. I think we're kind of running up on time, though, so we might need to wrap this up. Uh, it's been great. Thank you for agreeing to do this little interview, and thank you even more for agreeing to play in this game. I cannot, cannot wait. Uh, are you on social? I need to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I First thing first, I need you to edit out a lot of this interview, <laughs> but um, I do not. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's really... As from someone who's just been listening to you, there's really not anything you need to worry about being edited. The hiccups, I can't really edit around. Uh, Damn. You only had like one little but, flub and it was kind of funny. So it was fun. It's fine. But uh, uh, as for socials, uh, I think it's a person to person type thing. I'm a very uh, 
private with my second life. So uh, if it comes up and people want to follow us, sure, I will give them then. But I think for now, uh, I will just Perfect. be a face on this thing. Perfect. And that's fine. That's why I'm asking if, if you have it, uh, if anybody wants to follow you, if you don't want to be followed, that's even better too. So uh, don't, don't look for them. Do not look for them. But <laughs> uh, all my account, I'm about to say all my accounts are quite literally private. Yeah, so yeah. it's fine. And, and you know, that's, that works for a lot of people I know too. And there's, there's been times where I'm like, Oh God, I wish I was a private account, uh, but uh, I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we will be streaming Koopo Quests Mondays at 9.30 Eastern starting on November 7th. So that's about two weeks from the time of this recording. I'm very excited. I cannot wait. I'm so glad you agreed to talk to me here for this for this hour. It's been fun just kind of getting to know you a little bit better and talking some DM stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. I cannot wait to see what you and your character do once we get uh, once we get to playing. So. I'm going to watch this back. Uh, if my skin is not flawless, I'm unfortunately going to have to sue. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'm not worth much, so <laughs> keep your expectations <laughs> low. <laughs> I, I just walk into your house and just take a singular die. No, take anything but the die. <laughs> They're all so precious, especially if you take one of those big, big ones. Uh, I thought I had one around here. Anyway, again, thanks for talking. Uh, I will see you in two weeks for our yes, premiere uh, episode.